looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday, March 14, and we will and truly have passed the post for Saturday, March 13. It was a big day yesterday. Of course, the third running of the All-Star Mile for the first time at Mooney Valley. It was a rain-swept Mooney Valley, but it was a spectacular finish. We'll talk about that shortly. It was Kilmore Classic Day at Rose Hill, a Queensland victory. And, of course, we had the final lead-ups to next week's Golden Slipper. And a big day at Aquas Park Gold Coast yesterday. It was Aquas Jewel Race Day. This day is really starting to, to gather momentum. Every year it gets bigger and better than ever. And we'll uh, discuss that meeting in some detail a little later in the program. Jared Wessel is in the studio with me this morning. Jared, how are you? Good, thanks, David. Yeah, very, very good day of racing yesterday. A few changing track conditions. Obviously, that uh, mid-meeting downpour at Mooney Valley and we had the very wet day at the Gold Coast. But uh, all in all, a, a very competitive afternoon's racing. Most importantly, did you win punting? I managed to just put my nose in front at the uh, the right part of the afternoon. I managed to finish a mile behind. <laughs> I completely got the Gold Coast wrong. I think it was a case, we'll talk about this more, but... But with the Gold Coast, I think you either handled that track yesterday or you, you didn't handle it. The ones I backed certainly <laughs> didn't handle it. But uh, in terms of the Valley, we'll go to this All-Star Mile replay in just a moment. You mentioned that downpour during the day. Track going from starting out as a good four, ending up as a soft seven. Mark Hunter was with us on Select Racing yesterday morning. He thought the place to be would be near the rail with the rail back true. You've had a look back at the meeting. Did it pan out that way? I, I think so. Even when the rain came, you know, there was some um, thinking that maybe if we, we had a, a significant amount of rain throughout the day that that inside, uh, you know, one, two, three lanes might just wear out a little bit. But I think uh, the, the inside was still where you wanted to be. We saw the Quinella and the uh, the big one finish there and, and exit a led all the way in the last to, uh, to win comfortably. So I, I think overall looking at that meeting, the inside was definitely uh, definitely the spot to be. Let's have a listen to the All-Star Mile, Capacity Field. Probabile was the favourite for $3.50, but the rain certainly wasn't in her favour. Behemoth stacks them up at the school at the 600 metres from Shout the Bar. Then still a star and the Herovian together. Streets of Avalon five deep. Mugger two is right behind those stalking them. Mr Quickie tries to sool up. Then Luna Fox. Russian Camelot starting to dart through the field. And then Probabile, the Herovian up to Behemoth. As they reach the 350, they run the corner. They were followed by Mugger two held up. And here comes coming through Russian Camelot and tanking through along the inside as Luna Fox, Mugger 2 coming at Russian Camelot, then Behemoth, Russian Camelot and Mugger 2, stride for stride, Mugger 2 fights, Mugger 2 for New South Wales, one all-star mile three by a half, second Russian Camelot, a gap to Luna Fox or Behemoth, it was a terrific race, then the Herovian star of the sea, stars of Avalon, or streets of Avalon, and they were followed by 50 stars, behind them, Sir Dragon A in company with still a star, Probabil, and behind those Mr. To quickie, shout the bar, and Regalo Di Gaetano. They actually ran this at a good tempo. They ran that first 1,000 metres in a tick over a minute, but uh, it was a slog fest the last 600 metres, 39-28. Two great riders, Bowman on Mugger 2, Oliver on Russian Camelot. Uh, Bowman waiting, waiting for the, the run to come. Um, Oliver's ride was a masterpiece up to then to manoeuvre into the right spot at the right time. But in the end... Mugger 2, I thought was fairly and squarely too strong for Russian Camelot. I think that's exactly right. I was saying to you before we came on air that 
Um, if Russian Camelot had a one, it was probably one of the best rides you'll ever see. You could see Oliver really trucked through the field on Russian Camelot. Credit to the horse. And coming to the turn, he, he jammed that handbrake on because he could see to his inside. Bowman was trying to get out on Mugger too, and he was just trying to keep him pocketed. Eventually got that run down on the inside. They came away, and, and probably just that little bit of race fitness as well. Mugger too, having had the, the run, may have just told a fraction late in that real slog fest. But I think we can definitely say the best two horses ran 1-2, or the best two suited horses in the conditions ran 1-2. Was a former European Galloper Mugger too. He's only had the 18 starts. He's won nine, so he's got a very good strike rate. And you look at his record; he's very good early in his campaign too. And he's got that great second up record, which couldn't be ignored yesterday. He's now won four from five second up. Behemoth ran third, again doing well for South Australia. Luna Fox. He was 300 to one in the Guineas, but he ran well. And what about the Herovian running fifth and giving Queensland and connections? A great side because he loomed up and hit the lead. Exactly. He looked really that looked like he was going to be a top three or genuine top three at the corner. Uh, and, and just those fighting characteristics that we know he's got that has made him so famous. So I think he uh, really fought on strongly. As you said, Luna Fox, he backed up. He proved it was no fluke in the uh, the Australian guineas. He backed that up with a, a really strong effort yesterday. And as you say, Behemoth as well, first go up to the mile. He was very, very brave running along out in front and, and, and staying on to run third. Just two others I want to mention before we uh, speak to our first guest this morning. Sir Dragonet, what do you make of him? Now, conditions were there for him yesterday, given the track, the rain came, but he didn't fire. He was always well back. Um, again, you know, he obviously came into this campaign with plenty of wraps on him. We saw that trial win. He flopped first up, which was blamed. The, the, the track was too firm and, and, uh, and 1,400. But again, you're exactly right. You thought when the rain came, the conditions very, very similar to the Cox Plate. We expected more from him. So I'm not sure what they do with him now. I'm at, well, I assume he's going to go up in distance again next uh, start, probably to 2,000 metres, if not beyond. And, yeah, I think he's uh, he's got to find a, a couple of lengths on that. Probable. Uh, conditions blamed, which is is probably fair enough. She went into this uh, race having won her last six good track starts, I think it was. So uh, Damien Lane was was pretty quick to say, yeah, she just didn't go in the, the really wet track. So I think we can forgive her that. She's uh, been very, very good so far, this preparation, and we'll give her that one. And just on a broader point, this was the third running of the, the All-Star Mile. We've been to Flemington. We've been to, to Caulfield now at Mooney Valley. But there's something magical about Mooney Valley, isn't there? And we, we see this at Cox Plate time, but... For me, yesterday, this was the best all-star mile I've seen. I know we're working off a small base, but there's something about the valley. Exactly right. It's, it's the same thing that, or exactly as you say, it's the same reason we love the Cox Plate. Just, you know, the, the heat goes on 600, 700 metres from home. We see this big wall charge. And and um, I think the, the main thing is, like you said, we got the best two horses coming away and, and slugging out the finish. So a very exciting finish. All the, the, all the three different tracks, they bring something different to the race. You know, Flemington's more the classic mile, you know, big, long, straight and everything. The valley's more, you know, tactics become much uh, more relevant. And, uh, and Caulfield as well. Something about the, the mile round Caulfield is, uh, is certainly captivating. I think the Valley brings out the best in the crowd because uh, you're closer to them than you are at Flemington or Caulfield. And when all that argy-bargy starts up by the... the I don't know the school's still there, but uh, you know, around the 600 metres, it really gets the people involved in the race. And uh, I'm sure that was the case yesterday, even though it was a restricted crowd... Well, Chris Lees is the trainer of Mugger 2, so he um, took the spoils yesterday. Chris is currently in the air, but I had the chance to chat with him a little earlier this morning. Well, Chris, it would be unfair to say that Mugger 2 wouldn't have won the All-Star Mile if the rain hadn't come, but I suppose when the rain did come, you were a pretty happy man. Yeah, it certainly was, David. You know, he loves to get his toe on the ground like that. Um, 
because I think he's very effective on firm, firmer ground, but um, may have just put a couple others out of play as well. So, but um, you know, it was his, his preferred service, I must say. Yeah, that, that's a good point you make. That uh, whilst it might have heightened your chances, it might have lessened some others. But before we talk about yesterday and what's going to happen in the future, just for our our listeners, I want to recap on his background. You've taken possession of a lot of these um, European horses through Australian bloodstock and others. So when Mugger 2 arrived at your stable, he'd only had a handful of starts. What were the expectations for him? Where did he sort of sit in the whole scheme of things for, for you? Yeah, well, he, he arrived and um, he won a race over 2,800 in the UK and looked very impressive. Won by a big space. Questionable opposition, but he won by a long way. He, he arrived with a relatively low rating, um, and he, he showed a bit from from day one. Um, early expectations that he'd be a twenty four hundred metres, maybe even a two miler. Um, but it came pretty apparent early that he'd show up over a shorter trip, and um, he won his first start. I think it was only a benchmark eighty at um, at uh, Ramwick, and from that preparation, he, he progressed through and won a Canberra Cup and. Um, in his second preparations when he, he won a Newcastle Cup mm. narrowly beaten in a Metrop and, and ran a, a good fourth in a Cox Plate. Yeah, he just kept going up the ladder. In in the scheme of things, just one question about, uh, before we move on about his background, was he an expensive purchase? Uh, I don't often get in, involved in the purchase, but I'm, I'm sure he was um, um, he was a, a, a Good bit of money for a horse where his rating was, but um, I'm sure they're well in front now. Oh, for sure and certain. So he won that Canberra Cup during the autumn. He won the Newcastle Cup during the spring. And, of course, it culminated in the Cox play where he ran fourth to Sir Dragon A. When you left Mooney Valley, or you might have been there that day, but after that run, did you, even at that stage, have the All-Star Mile as a, as a, a, a plan? Uh, it wasn't put in stone, but it was certainly the fact he, he raced well at the Valley and he'd worked well there going into the Cox Plate. It was always a, a genuine possibility. He uh, kicked off this campaign in the Apollo. With the All-Star Mile, of course, he didn't make the top ten as far as the voting was concerned. Did that surprise you at the time? A little bit. Um, you know, but the voting process, I suppose, it depends you know, how well you, you market or, or various reasons, but... Um, he, he finished 11th in the in the voting, so he was out by one. Mm. Uh, but I was always pretty confident he'd be one of the next four to be, be elevated in. So we continued on the path as if in our mind that he was going there. Well, we arrive on race day. Tell us just before at the start of the day, and there was the prediction of rain, but if that hadn't come, it often doesn't happen. But what were your expectations going to the race? I was very confident he'd run well. I thought he had a favourable draw, um, I suppose that confidence was lifted a little bit with the unfortunate scratching of Arcadia Queen in the mm. morning. But, um, you know, I thought he was a genuine top three chance. I think it had a little bit of a tail to it, the race, but um, I was expecting to run well. Big field of the Valley, and this was a big field, a capacity field, 15 at the mile. It's often an anxious watch, whether it's an all-star mile or a maiden, and, well, you fell into that category. Good run in transit, coming to the turn... What the hell's happening? <laughs> yeah, when I could see him going up and down the one spot, I said, oh, not again. <laughs> we need a bit of luck here. But, um, yeah, I think the patience of few Bowman shone there. Um, a lot of jockeys might have started pushing him, trying to force a run where he just um, took his medicine and, and the run appeared. And pretty pretty good 
It was a slog to the line, but it was an exciting finish. I think it'll go down as one of the the, 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 the great finishes because you had two very, very good horses with two very, very good jockeys, you know, battling it out in the, in the run to the line. And I know post-race, and of course, winners are grinners, but this all-star mild concept, um, you, you've certainly warmed to it. Yeah, I've certainly. You know, whenever you've got that big car of prize money, it's going to attract attention. And I think this year's running and I think we had the top five across the line mm. of Australian horses in the Cox Plate, mm. and they were all in the field. So I think it stood up pretty strong. And I don't know what it is. I was talking about this earlier in the program, but something about the Valley itself. I mean, we know that on Cox Plate Day, but but even yesterday, this was the third running of the All Star Mile. And whether it's that amphitheatre or the the crowd get behind it, but uh, to me, it seemed to. A bit more exciting yesterday than the two previous editions. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. It was, um, you know, the, the roar went up when the when the gates opened and that amphitheatre. And I think Victorian people in a whole, they haven't been, you know, they've been mm. locked away like probably more so than the rest of the country to be at the races. I think probably lifted their uh, enthusiasm. Well, what do we do from here? Well, we go to the Queen Elizabeth, I imagine. Uh, what's the path towards the the the, the big one? He's likely to go straight in. There is still a possibility of running the Doncaster the week before. That's um, that's something we'll we'll make a call on probably when he gets home and back in his stable probably in the next ten days. Okay. And speaking of the Doncaster, Jim Song won the, the Newcastle Newmarket for you. Is he on target for the Doncaster? Yeah, he is. Um, he's a chance of running this Saturday in the George Ryder. That'll be weather dependent. If we get that heavy rain that's predicted all week, um, mm. he could easily take his place there. He's, he, he handles all. All conditions, but he's better on soft ground against that better quality. So he may take his place there before the Doncaster. At Rosehill yesterday, Mustajir looked disappointing on face value. Yeah, probably was. Look, to be fair, um, there was forecast for big rain at um, the night before. The were genuine wet, wet trackers, and um, the track actually, I probably wouldn't have run him. Um, the track was upgraded to a, a three after his race, and it would have been before the race we considered bringing him out. But um, you'll see a better horse when he gets the right conditions. We'll keep that in mind. And just from a Queensland point of view, we saw this was Ventura Ocean. Speaking about uh, European gallopers, we saw him win a low-key race at Eagle Farm. He was scratched yesterday at the Gold Coast with that heavy track. What's the plan with him? Yeah, he'll run the Class 6 um, next Saturday. Fair enough. He, he, and the horse that he beat, Ren's Day, which, of course, you know a bit about, um, then impressively won since. So it's a good form line there. Yeah, I think so. He's come on really well. I think um, he'll run very well next Saturday. Thanks for your time this morning. One more thing before we let you go. We we touched on it in the interview, the Cox Plate. Are we headed there again this year with Mugger 2? Well, I think so. You know, he's proved that he's um, pretty adaptable around that track. So it's a genuine target for, for next year, next well, season. Well, first things first, but we've already got one, one on the board, the All-Star Mile, but to the Queen Elizabeth in a few weeks' time. Thanks for your time this morning, Chris. Certainly appreciated it. And once again, congratulations. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Yes, there he is, Chris Lees, speaking with him a little earlier. Well, Mugger 2 has now proven himself to be on the top shelf here in Australia and uh, uh, will be competitive in the Cox Plate and certainly will be competitive in the Queen Elizabeth. But interesting comment there from Chris that he may run on the Doncaster. He's a $15 chance there. Yeah, very interesting. I think this Queen Elizabeth, we saw it was a very, very strong addition last year. I think it's going to be, again, a Dave there at the top of the market. Very elegant. Mugger 2, Russian Camelot, um, Colette, Arcadia Queen. It's going to be an, another absolute ripper. Just before we leave the Valley, uh, yesterday 
Congratulations to Mark Hunter. He was on fire with the selections. Grand Slam he found in the Alistair Clark. And this was a classic case of a horse on the speed near the rail. Never looked like losing. No, more than six lengths, that winning margin. Good to see him back rolling uh, along up front. I, I see first up or first and second up, things just didn't go to pan. And, and back on top of the speed, he's a different horse. Good to see Ancestry bounce back. Um, obviously started as the, the favourite in the Oakley Plate. Was a little disappointing, but back up to, uh, to 1,200 metres, he was dominant. Also Persen, who's uh, going to be a real champion chance in the Melbourne Cup come November. Uh, he sat back, let it all unfold in front of him and stormed over the top to uh, to win an earlier race in the day. So good to see him back. And if that uh, theory proved correct, and you think it did, and Mark Hunter outlined yesterday, that it was an, ad, an advantage to be near the rail and near the speed, Persan overcame that sort of bias because he came from well back and wide. Exactly, yeah, exactly. and had to stay very, very wide to, to circle the field. So I think that adds merit to, to his performance. And I'm not sure where they go uh, for the rest of this preparation, but he's a, a very promising stayer for the uh, the Aussies to get behind. Well, the curtain comes down on the Melbourne Autumn Carnival this Friday night. Again, we're back at the Valley for the William Reed, the Group 1. And this market is now becoming more defined. It was very fluid last week, but September run... Uh, $4.50 to back up after the new market. Brooklyn Hustle at 8. Libertini at 8. Swats that 8. Haydock 9. Bivouac 11 with dirty work. Indian Pacific. Portland Sky. Savatiano. Zutori. Don't know if all these horses are running, but have you got an early thought there? Yeah, an interesting race. As you say, we've got a lot of these still in the market. September runs the interesting one. If she runs for me, how the punters react to her um, coming back away from Flemington. She's really made a name for herself down the straight at Flemington. And to be fair, her form away from that isn't as good as what it is you know, we've seen her starting two dollars or fifty in in new markets. So I think Brooklyn Hustle's the the one for me. Early doors. I think she's ready to uh, to get her Group One win, if not placing, because she says she's been very unlucky at her last few at Group One level. What did you think of September Run's run in the new market? Yeah, I, I, flat. I think flat's probably the word to do to describe it best. You know, she you know was had to be used up to get to where she wanted to be. But at the end of the day, she tracked home the, the four on the inside that ran first, second, third and sixth. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to come up with any, you know, racetrack excuses. So I think we just have to put it up to for giving a, a good one, one bad run. Let's turn our attention now to Rose Hill Gardens, the first of three big meetings there as part of their autumn carnival. Of course, it's slipper day next Saturday. But yesterday was for the Phillies and Mares at Group 1 level, the Kilmore Classic. Typically big field, wide betting race, and the favourite was Shalo at five. No, Forbidden Love at five dollars. And Sovereign Award in front from Dame Gisela. In third position on the outside is Rillamin Ruby. Vangelic locked up, followed by Sweet Deal. Mezzi hitting the line well. Further back to subpoenaed Cronin Ice Bath in a bit of traffic. Mezzi takes the lead of the 200 from Dame Gisela. Crone's getting a split. Mezzi in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Coolmore. Crone draws clean out from Mezzi. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mezzi. Dame Gisela third. Vangelic next. Then all Saints Eve and Ice Bath. Further back to Emerald from Reelamin Ruby. A left for a shallow. Then subpoenaed from Sweet Deal for Bed and Lava. Rich Hips, Barbies, Fox, Sovereign Award dropped out from Tricky Gal and Madame Rouge. Well, a great result for Queensland with Crone. Um, continuing her superlative form. We saw her in the Magic Millions. We saw her in the Group 2 Guy Waller the other day and she again came to the fore when it really counts, in the Group 1, the Group 1 Coolmore Classic. Tony Gollan is a trainer, and he's been kind enough to join us. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. 
what's happening here now? You just go, go to Sydney week <laughs> after week and you know, I won't go to the coast, I'll go to Sydney and I win a group one. It's, it's, I know it's an old expression, but you, you really have to pinch yourself sometimes, mate. Yeah, with this mare, we have for sure. You know, she sort of come to me last winter and, you know, just have a bit of a prep and head towards the broodmare sale. And she was going really well and she's not getting a lot of luck. And we managed to win the glass house and they pulled her out of the sale and asked to go again for the summer. And she was going along in the summer on them summer tracks and things just weren't working out for her. I knew she was going well. And then we got to Magic Millions Day and things really did pan out and she was awesome. And she's just going to a new level in the autumn. You know, she's just one of their mares that have really hit form. She's in a she's in a really good space in her racing career. She's a very happy horse, and she's really enjoyed her time down there. She was awesome at, at Randwick, and you know, arguably she was better again yesterday. So yeah, she's just going terrific. It is a bit of a, a pinch yourself moment with this horse. She's really just crept up the the rankings, and you know, she's a bona fide you know, group, really good man now, Group One man. Tony, Jared here, mate. Uh, congratulations. You've had, as you said, for the 11 starts now, four wins, more than a, a million dollars in prize money, and she's now won the three on the bounce. You say you just put it down to the fact that she's just um, she's just a, a mare in form. There, there hasn't been any secret or trick to, to getting her to show her, her best form. She's always been a, a mare that's had good ability. Yeah, she has. She was, she was a breathe-up horse uh, board originally, I think, and from, from what I know, she was a lovely moving horse there, and Darren Weir had her early doors. Jeremy Rogers bought her, and then um, when Darren Weir had his issues, um, she went across to Mick Price, and she showed good ability. She beat Classique Legend one day, uh, I think it was at Rose Hill, um, as a three-year-old. So she always had good had good ability as a listed race. And then um, she had a few other runs come to Brisbane, then went back to, to Melbourne. She actually had injured herself, so she was off the scene for a little bit, and that's when we got her. So she's always had good ability. But I think, as, as we understand with these horses, maturity is a wonderful thing, isn't it? You know, I've probably just got her at the right time. She's an older man now, and... She's really enjoying her racing. She's as tough as anything, and she's just a real racehorse. Exactly right. Um, you referenced that win over Classique Legend. That was on a heavy track, and we saw her uh, yeah. win the, the Gay Waterhouse on a, a heavy track at Ipswich. She has this real affinity for these wet tracks, as you touched on. With you know, the, We know the, the Sydney Carnival can obviously end up wet on occasions. Is there races down the track, You know, a few of these, these good races that you're looking towards with her? Yeah, I hope so. That was the, the key to the autumn, really, was going down there to find soft ground because she just is so good in it. I uh, must admit, I was kicking stones yesterday when there was no rain at Rose Hill and it was a good three. Um, but, yeah, no, she's she's headed towards the Coolmore Legacy. It's still a month away. It's during the championships. It's a Group 1 wafer-age race for the mares over a mile, which has been her outer limits distance-wise, but she probably never ran the mile race going as well as what she's going now. So I'm probably not too concerned about that. And there is a race in two weeks, the Emancipation. It's a Group 2 at Rose Hill, 1,500, similar to yesterday, uh, set weights and penalties. So... I just got to look at what her penalty is now. She's won that Group One, but it could be a fantastic lead-in to the Legacy. So I'll be glad about how she does this week. Uh, she'll follow her normal routine out to the paddock a little bit, bit of treadmill, mix things up for four or five days, have a good look at the Thursday Arvo, and I'll, I'll make the plan which way we go. That was your fourth Group One, of course, two with Spirit of Boom and one with Temple of Boom. If anyone had said to you your fourth Group One will come with Crone, you would have said, "I don't think so." <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. When I first got her, I remember the first day I looked at her in the stable. I thought, "Gee, she's an ugly sucker. She's no wall painting." Um, but oh, it's, it's funny how horses just improve, and when they really get in the groove, particularly mares, you know, they they can do anything for you. So it was terrific. And the guys from Roller Dice said the same thing. They someone had said to them three years ago, "You'll have your first Group One, you know, trained by Tony Gollan in Brisbane at, at Rose Hill." They wouldn't have believed it either. So. It's um it's been a real pinch yourself moment. It was a tricky day yesterday. A lot of owners there, 
you know, a lot of thrills for, for a lot of people involved in, you know, this syndicate-style racing. It's fantastic. I want to take you back in time. So you're there yesterday. It's Group 1 glory. There's a lot of people there, a lot of well-wishers. Was there any time yesterday or last night or this morning have you, you thought to yourself, I might give this satellite stable a go again? Oh, not not really. Um, no, not really. I spoke okay. to my, my wife about it on the way home in the plane, and I, I just if I if I ever went to Sydney, I'd have to go myself and Brisbane beer satellite. I think not the other way around. I think it's a really deep pool down there. It's the toughest racing in Australia. I, I think week in week out, if not the world. And I think you got to be there all the time, and the owners want that. So I would have to move there myself, and I'm just not sure if I've got the appetite for that. I really enjoy where I'm at in Brisbane. I, um, I've got a you know really good situation there, good setup there, really good support from my owners. So at this point in time, I'd never say never, but at this point in time, it's not an option for me. I'm happy just to try and get down there and hopefully plunder some more you know, uh, races throughout the carnivals. Let's go from Rose Hill Gardens to Equus Park Gold Coast. And look, I fell for the three car trick yesterday before this meeting. <laughs> I thought uh, that when we didn't have any rain for, say, like 36 hours, yeah. we'd have an improving track. I got it hopelessly wrong. This was a day yesterday, and we have seen this before at the Gold Coast that sometimes it takes some time or do- to dry it or doesn't dry out. But yesterday, you either handled it or you didn't. It was either hit or miss yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was very heavy. I mean, I know they had it a nine purely because there was no rain on the day. That's as heavy as you get yesterday without raining on, on you know, during the meeting. So uh, it was a really wet track. And, you know, I guess you're racing with so much bonus money and you, you try horses haven't been on that sort of ground because you don't get that sort of ground very often, let's face it. That's as wet a track as you, you probably get. You only get you know, two of them a year, something like that. You don't get a lot of them. And um, you get a lot of flops when that happens, unfortunately. So this meeting, I think it's cursed. I think it's the third running of the Aquas Jewel, and it's been awfully wet each um, each year. So it's a, it's a shame. It's such a great meeting, but you know what? There's nine winners there yesterday, and we nine people very happy with the money they got, and we were lucky to get one. But yeah, overall on the day for me, I, I never had a lot of real heavy trackers in my stable, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, you had success with say higher in the second race, and she's a, a, a mare that appreciates a good tempo, and also given the track, she got that yesterday. Uh, how was Sugar Boom pulled up today? Yeah, she's fine. Um, Martin Lent had a, a bit scratchy after the race. I, I don't know why. She's um, sound this morning. Uh, we, we're very happy with her. She doesn't like that sort of ground, and it was a pretty crazy race, wasn't it? They shifted it to a thousand, and they went like a half mile at Kilcoy. So it was pretty. Uh, them, them three horses up front all got stitches, and Michael Rod looks after them once they're, they're well beaten. So you know, instead of being beaten ten lengths, you're beaten twenty. But she won't see her in a heavy track ever again. Now that's that's the death nail, and for her, for heavy ground. They took on Miami Flies, two dollars in the morning, round of three dollars ten. She was she was up on speed, no surprise there. It was the quickest section, the first six hundred metres of the day, and and she was competitive till about the, the furlong pole. Uh, you, you're putting it down purely to the the, the conditions yesterday. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Look, I don't think heavy nine is what she wants either. I mean, a soft track, I still think she wins the race, but that's that's the yeah, that's the feeling I have of her. I think she's a very good filly. Um, I wasn't overly keen how we rode her that way yesterday. To be honest, I was happy to sit in the second or third pair with her yesterday. I don't, you know, I'm not saying Michael had to do what he did, but we were drawn in the middle of them, and I guess that's how he felt was his best option. I think for her to win good races, and she will win good races. We've got to come back a pair on her, and she's not a one-trick pony. She's not a lead at all cost horse. She's she's more versatile than that in all her trials and jump outs. We've sat her in behind horses and whatnot. So 
I was a little bit disappointed in the position she got herself in the run. Um, the sectionals that race doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, her and Apache Chase was sort of racing each other up on pace. It was, it was crazy to watch in the race. I, I thought we were gone after we went a furlong and a half. So I'd love to see her tucked in with a bit of cover. I think that's when you're going to see a really good filly. What do you do with her now? She's going to go for a spell now. You won't see her in the winter. She had a good spell um, after a run yesterday. I wasn't overly keen to run her, but we made a decision with the owners that would have a, have a role at the stumps with her. Um, and she can get through some sort of effective going. We got we know that out of it. But she'll have a good break, and you'll see her in the spring. And if I can get, if I can win a race or so in Brisbane, she'll feel like a takeaway. I think uh, into a into a stakes race down south at a at a lightweight. One other Tony socialising out of the uh, the Australian Turf Club trophy early on in the day. She sprinted hard in the straight. You just put that down to peaking late at fourteen hundred on the very wet track. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I've always thought she's probably best at twelve hundred. She runs a nice thirteen fifty on the right ground, but just that fourteen hundred on the heavy, it's more like a fifteen hundred, and that that just found her out. She was really there to win. I know he sort of come out a little bit early because McKeown was just stopping in front of him, but I couldn't fault that if she was a genuine. Seven furlong horse on heavy ground. She still wins yesterday. So she, just a, just a trip in the testing conditions got her. But she's got black type now beside her name. So they'll be quite happy, the ownership group there. And before you go, mate, two quick ones. Uh, tell us what's happening with Isotope and Jonker from a Sydney point of view. Yeah, they're both going terrific. They um, work together on a Tuesday morning. I'm really happy with their fitness and where they're at. They had, uh, they're working on Tuesday. They head off Wednesday night down to Sydney. Uh, the weather down there is putrid this week as far as rain goes. And that doesn't concern me with isotope. I really feel, without having her on really wet ground, I think she'll be very effective. Um, but the other horse, Jonker, he's had a lot of goes on it and it's not his go. So we may have to just reboot with him. And you know what, my, my main aim for him is a doom in 10,000. So if I have to forgo Sydney in the autumn, well, I do. And I'll just wait and give him a couple, little week in the paddock or something like that. And you'll see him ready for the 10,000. You know, I think he's a group one horse in waiting. Um, there's no point wasting runs on, on ground he can't win. We always appreciate your time. And uh, once again, uh, worthy congratulations on winning your fourth group one yesterday with Crane. And thanks for the time this morning. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Tony Gollan joining us this morning. And yes, I think if you'd said to him, Crane will be your fourth group one winner, he would have laughed at you. But, but it goes back, and this is something I didn't mention to him either, but there's a lot of theories in racing. But one theory is that mares that are in form stay in form well she certainly backs that theory up doesn't she exactly right and and tony made mention of her toughness there and and that's another thing that comes to the fore when she's she's racing she obviously a mare that runs through brick walls for you and um and yeah great to see the ownership group roll the dice race they've got a number of good horses now obviously profiteer and, and also that very promising horse down in melbourne ayrton as well mm. so uh, they're absolutely airborne we might just close off on Rose Hill by going to the uh, two two-year-old races yesterday. And the first one we're going to have a listen to is the the Magic Knight, Group 3 for the Phillies. And the favourite here was Arcade at $2.90. Robodera swings in front of Arcade. Abdullah goes full bore on Robodera. McDonald sits quietly under Arcade. And quickly Arcade moved up to put the head in front. Down the outside, Jamea with a good finish and Latino blend coming off heels. It's Arcade in front, a half on Robodera, who sticks back. Then came Jamea, but Arcade starting to edge clear closing stages. And the favourite home, Arcade, won it by a length and a half. Nearly a dead heat for second. Robodera the fence and Jamea wide out. And a head away fourth, Latino blend. Further back to Dula Tila, Centro Storico and Girlmania.
Uh, Caden for Godolphin, uh, winning, a filly you know a bit about in Melbourne. What, what's your thoughts on her? Yeah, she's now won three from four. Um, flopped in the Blue Diamond, but you could put that down to drawing barrier one. She ended up in the wrong part of the track. So I, I think that's a forgive. And look, she, she's won every other start. So uh, in particular, she was in very impressive in the uh, the Phillies prelude, defeating a horse called Scorched Earth, who we saw win easily at Mooney Valley. So I think um, I think she's definitely, a, you know, she can prove herself a, a top-class two-year-old filly. Shaquiro won the week before the Magic Millions. Can he do it with the Golden Slipper? Because he won the Pago Pago yesterday. Let's listen to the replay. Coming around the turn, Tristate shows the way from the ball ringer. Shakiro hasn't got much room. Converge moves up with purpose. Now Tiger Malay gets cracking, getting past Marzu. It's Tristate being joined by Converge. Shakiro gets the run now between them. Then came Tiger Malay, ingratiating five off them. But Shakiro took the lead from Converge. Tiger Malay, Marzu late on the scene. It's Shakiro. Tiger Malay charges at him. But Shakiro just held on. Shakiro bounces back. One and a half head to Tiger Malay and the fast finishing Marzu. Then came Converge from With Your Blessing. All with late headway from Tristate. Then ingratiating Halala from the ball ring. Baranoff, Bruckner and head of state. Shakiro given a good run and just prevailing. His form on good tracks, very, very good. He's now won three from four. So uh, maybe that's just the truth to him. Uh, he needs to be on top of the ground. I think that's the go. A slipper tip from you? Um, oh, I still like Profiteer. I think uh, if they can just harness that speed a little better, he went hard the other week, and I think you're going to know where he's going to be. He's going to be leading them up at the 300, so uh, they're going to have to come and catch him, and I still like him. Profiteer, that's the um, the Golden Slipper, of course, next Saturday. We'll talk more about the Golden Slipper tomorrow morning on Press Room. We have a chat with Ray Thomas. It was a good day of racing at Rose Hill. Uh, California Zimbol winning the the Morris McCartum. Toffee Tongue, an upset win in the sky high. Colette missed the place there. Hungry Hard for Waller was too good in the far lap. And I Am Superman was strong in the Ajax. Let's take a break here on Past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. When we come back, we'll have a big look at the Aquas Jewel Day at the Gold Coast yesterday. Past the Post on Radio Tab. We outlined it was Aquas Jewel Day at Aquas Park Gold Coast yesterday. Unfortunately, a heavy nine track, but some great racing and a great race day in itself. I know the club were delighted with the response to their meeting as far as the on-track attendance was concerned. But let's go to some of the highlights. The Aquas Jewel two-year-old, half a million dollar purse, and Sweet Dolly, she was a short price favourite to win $1.50. The field comes up to the turn. 500 left to run. They're scouting wide, but Stanley sticking close to the inside with Sweet Dolly and the favourite swept to the lead upon straightening. Sweet Dolly goes for home. Running up gamely on the outside of Big Oz was a horseshoe. I've been there. Vienna Empress were next. Then Gemalon Boulder. And down the outside was King Gutho. Sweet Dolly's the leader. A little battle on her hands, but currently still in front. A horseshoe running the race of its life. King Gutho out wider. Sweet Dolly in front. King Gutho coming. Sweet Dolly hanging. Hanging on, hanging on, sweet Dolly. She's won. Beat either King Gutho or a horseshoe. Then the inner empress. I've been there, General Phelps. Gemalon bold, alert and ready. Mashani delight, Mashani enchanted, and Tickeretti whipped them in in 114.86. It was an anxious watch, but sweet Dolly is home in the jewel. Yes, she was by half a length from a horseshoe and King Gutho. It was a real country finish, sweet Dolly. Trained by Kevin Hansen from Rocky, a horseshoe, Graham Green from Rocky, and King Gutho from the uh, Queanbeyan District in New South Wales. One, two, three across the line, and uh, a good win, not a big margin, uh, not as dominant as, as she has been, but 
as Justin Stanley said in the press this morning, 1,200 metres and that sort of track is like running 1,400 metres. We'll talk more in a moment about the race, but the man of the moment, the trainer of Sweet Dolly, is Kevin Hanson, and he's joining us this morning. Kevin, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thanks, David. You're on your way home now, mate. You don't you don't hang around too long. You're straight on the road. No, I'm not this time, uh, David. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hang around for the sale for a couple of days and uh, let her get over that run properly and my head off and take her home Wednesday. You've got a bit of money to spend. Oh yeah, well yeah, we'll have to see see if we can look at something that we like. I want to ask you a question about yesterday. It's a lot of pressure for any trainer, let alone a you know a, a big trainer with a big team or a, a small time trainer with a small team. But going into the race with that heavy nine track and twelve hundred meters, what were your thoughts about the heavy? Have you ever worked on heavy before? No, no, not, not at all. Eh? You know, we've had no, well, we had no rain up our way for months, so it's all been um, hard, dry tracks we've been on and. Uh, and yeah, and and I yeah I was concerned about the heavy yesterday. It was only that I I thought with her breeding that she'd make it through it. But um, and she she had, she didn't handle it that well. But she but she did get through it. Eh? You know, that's the main thing. I was just saying uh, before we 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 joined you that uh, that track yesterday in twelve hundred meters was like running fourteen hundred, and that leads me into the the beautiful ride by Justin Stanley. He didn't uh, push her hard early. He allowed a few to go around, just gave her the right run, hit the button at the right time and nursed her down the straight, didn't he? Yeah, it was a brilliant ride by Justin, eh? you know, like, but, uh, yeah, he he, he uh, knew you know, how hard it'd be for her and, uh, yeah, he got a nice sitting behind him and just nursed her and nursed her and, and he nursed her all the way up the straight as, as much as he could and, uh, and yeah, it was absolutely a lovely ride. Yeah. Kevin... Sorry, Kevin. Jared here. Uh, again, congratulations. Uh, we saw her brilliant sprint. She sprinted hard, probably 350 metres from home, hit the front. What were your thoughts? 150 out. The other two were coming. Did you you think she, she had that toughness in her to, to hang on? Yeah, no. I thought, yeah, no. I, I, I thought she'd hang on, you know, even though we're coming at her. Uh, but I was, yeah, I thought I thought he'd, uh, Justin would get her over the line for us, so, you know. So, uh, yeah, so it was good. And uh, with the other Rockhampton horse coming at us, I, I was I was pretty excited because I knew it was Graham's horse that was that was uh, you know coming. So um, yes, yeah, so it was it was great. It was a great result for for, for Central Queensland. I think a great result for Queensland Racing. And and I've got to say, Kevin, without embarrassing you, yourself and Justin, this is a this is a great story with Sweet Dolly. Now you said you'll be on the road home in a few days' time. What are we going to do with Sweet Dolly now? I know she's going to have a little break, but what are you thinking about any, anything more during the two-year-old term? Yeah, uh, all depends how she how I think she gets over this. I'll take her home. We'll look after her a couple of weeks, and uh, I've got a yeah. You know, I won't let her out of the stable uh, area because I've got a nice little uh, pick yard there, you know, where I can look after her, and I'll just see how she uh, gets over this uh, run. And if everything goes all right, uh, she might have. A, Another uh, one or two runs as a two-year-old, mm. uh, and um, it'll more be a listed race, uh, the Dalrello, I think it is. I think it's the first of May, and then maybe it's even going on. We might have a go at the, at, uh, the Champagne uh, Stakes or Classic. I think it is over twelve hundred. It's on about fifteenth of May, mm. and then you'll be back for the Jewel next year, the three-year-old section. 
Oh, I don't know. Well, depends <laughs> how depends how things how, how things pan out over the next <laughs> six months or so. <laughs> think high, mate. Think high. Look, congratulations yeah. for, for for yesterday. You enjoy the sales. Hope you buy something there. And uh, as I said, it's a great story. And you enjoy the next few days. Yeah. Thanks, David. Kevin Hanson joining us this morning, and it is a good story, Jared. I mean, you're from the country, and, and these sort of stories are good. That, that when a good horse can come out of a, a provincial or a country area, and um, well, she's never been beaten. She's never been headed in a race, and she's never been headed in a, in a trial. Exactly right, and and she's one of these horses that's got all the scope in the world. You know, there's no real, you know, fourteen hundred. They said the race, or you said the race was like a fourteen hundred meter race yesterday. So there's no reason she can't go up again in trip and. Really exciting to see uh, how this this fairy tale story keeps unfolding with uh, with Kevin Hansen and Justin Stanley. I'd like to say producer Dale is unbeaten, but a show doesn't go by without a little error, does it? He said uh, Kevin will be driving back to Rocky with the horse. He said I'll try and get hold of him. Wasn't the case, of course. There he is, living up at the Gold Coast. Thanks, Dale, for that. Let's now go to the other jewel race, the Tab Jewel, Big Field here, and simply fly did exactly that. Here's the replay. In the home straight though, Miami flies, Rod goes for home. Is there something in the tank? There is at the moment, she burst away. Kisikano getting a rails rider, coming after it, Nikki Spirit still there. Zing along down the outside, wider rolling with the flow. Miami flies vulnerable, little zing along. Zing along, dash to the lead. Look at Simply Fly, flying home. Simply Fly, all over the top of them. Beat zing along, rolling with the flow third. Better get set fourth, then Nikki Spirit, followed by Miami flies who weakened low. Then came Better Than Best, followed by Mass Destruction, Mashadi Miss, Apache Chase, Wellbank, Boom Nova, Queen Sweeper, Kizakano stopping quickly, and out towards the tail, Ruby July, and Made of Money in 113.94. Simply fly four on the bounce. Yeah, didn't give it full credit. It's actually five on the bounce, but for this campaign, unbeaten this campaign. Our next guest knows about racing's highs and lows. He's knocked around for a long time. He's been there and done it, good times and bad times. One year ago, he left the Gold Coast, probably a shattered man, when Gem of Scotland went amiss in the uh, in the dual race, the three-year-old race last year. Twelve months down the track, he was enjoying the spoils of yesterday's win with Simply Fly. That man is Rex Slip, and he's joining us now. Rex, congratulations, mate. Thanks, David. And it's right, isn't it? Racing's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, one day you're up and next day you're down, that is for sure. Well, you were up yesterday, and look, I was talking about this horse with Nathan a couple of weeks ago. In fact, when it won the prelude, and like you couldn't have been more impressive, uh, this horse. Uh, he's delivered some great sectionals off a thousand metres. But as I said, you've been around a long time, and you've seen horses that have been dominant at a thousand metres, and you think, oh, they'll run 1200 for sure. And sometimes they don't. But well, fortunately for this fellow, he he delivered it in spades yesterday. David, I had no qualms uh, about him running the 1,200. I, I think you run 1,400, 1,600 metres, this horse. But early in his days, David, we had a lot of problems with him just wanting to rush out of the barriers and just go hard. And uh, due to my you know, work riders, track work riders and jockeys, we've been able to get the horse to settle, mm. and which has been a big plus. But uh, you know, but and I've kept him that way because of his uh, his sectionals, his last sectionals. If, he, if he's in with them, the uh, uh, distance of them, he's he's pretty. He, he can really wind them, wind out the, the last sectional pretty quick. 
He certainly can. And uh, let's pay compliment to Steph Thornton. You talk about track work riders and that have, you know, worked on him, but she's obviously got the secret to him as well. Yeah, well, Steph was sort of, uh, I kept on, the first couple of times she rode him, uh, we put him in a half, Steph was on him in a half mile race at Ipswich. And I said to Steph, I don't care if we win, lose or draw. I said, this horse has got a, high, a lot of potential. I just want to see if we can get him to settle out of the barriers. And with that, Steph, uh, he, he wanted to race a bit hard early, but eventually she, he came back down underneath her. And uh, and he reeled he, he reeled off the last you know 400 pretty quick, so that's been our intentions all the right through. As even the, even this time back in, a couple of times he wanted to over race a little bit, so we kept him at the short distances just to uh, so the pace was on, mm. so he learned to settle in behind them, and uh, and I had no qualms. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, to win a thousand meter race, you got to be you're fit enough to win a 1200 meter race. Mm. What about, um, I'll put this to you, say, for example, he was in a 1,200-metre six-horse field next star drawn barrier one. Are you happy enough now with his ongoing maturity that he'll, he'll settle in, say, a smaller field with no pace on? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Look, once he gets cover, he, 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 he goes to sleep now. I give him yesterday from that wide alley he was able to uh, come across and just settle, settle in behind the pace. That wasn't really a... That was now number one, um, number one idea of riding him yesterday. But uh, you know, I said to Steph, if we can be midfield with cover, even if you're three deep, it'd be great. But uh, they they just went silly out in front on a th- on a 1200 metre heavy track. They just went silly out in front, which suited our pattern of racing real great, where he could just come in behind and settle and uh, then swing out. It was, I, I know the speed was on, I'll, I'll grant you that, and, and it was on, but uh, still a bit of a win, I mean, to, to come around 15 horses and, and his racing pattern, what we've seen this campaign, this sit-back and fly to the line, is quite an exciting horse to watch. Yes, David, look, he's a horse that um, uh, I've just... I've had a high opinion of the horse right through, but you know, we know, as I say, we had a lot of problems with him. He was a very fractious horse. Uh, even asked Steph, she was, she'll tell you, she was a bit, every time she got on him, she was a bit nervous going around to the barriers. That's the type of horse he is. But uh, now they've got an affiliation and she knows him backwards and uh, it it has helped a lot. Like the girls are riding track work and that in Toowoomba, they've got lovely soft hands and a couple of other riders ride him track work. Well, I don't have the same, I don't put the same person on all the time because I think you've got to mix them up a bit. I think it's good for the horses to have different hands, but they've all got very good hands on him, and he's a horse that you've got to have good hands on just to settle him down, and uh, now he's a, he's a uh, nearly a push-button uh, push horse to ride track work, which is uh, compliments to all the, all the staff that have been uh, riding him work and, uh, and riding him in races. He's by Spirit of Boom out of Express Air. She was a Queensland Guineas, but did you train Express Air? Yes, I did, David. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yes. what what of her progeny? Uh, has she produced anything else? Oh, she's had a few foals, but uh, they've all been a different type. They've all been a big, heavy horses, mm. and uh, this is a, probably the, one, the most likely horse out of the lot, as far as I was concerned, of, of going on and doing something. But you know, it just had, fate has itself. But uh, you know, we're probably I was probably lucky to have him because he injured himself as a yearling. Of a cracked sesamoid, hind sesamoid, and uh, of course he wouldn't pass the 
the uh, x-rays and then he was then we had offers after his last run i think it was a sunshine coast for possibly hong kong and we did the answer was he won't pass the vet don't worry about him well suppose the last question to put to you yesterday seems like a grand final but you know winter carnival's just around the corner what's the the, the plan with him now Look, Dave Rides, as I said, I haven't spoken to Scott McAlpine or Peter Marnie about him as yet because um, we all had to go our different ways and Peter's in Los, Las Vegas and Scott's very been, been very busy with the yearlings and that sort of thing, so we never haven't really had a sit down and had a, a good talk about what we'll do. But in he hasn't, even though he's had he's had four starts his preparation, like he had his first start, then he won, he won three starts, three weeks to his neck of next start and four weeks to his next start then it was a fortnight this time so look he hasn't been over race hasn't been over pressured so he's still a pretty fresh type of horse but look at this stage i don't know we might even we'll probably well you'd be silly not to have a crack at some of the three-year-old races mm. but we'll sit down and work out a program now you might you'll have to have another in a couple of easy weeks probably have to stay and work a couple of easy weeks and uh, and have a and look at something like even the Queensland Guineas. I, I have no doubt that he'll run the distance. Mm. Well, as as we just outlined, uh, his mother did. She won the Queensland Guineas. Uh, yesterday was a good race day. Uh, it was unfortunate about the track, but it is what it is. And uh, but this day is growing in stature. We've got the sales coming up. I feel at the moment there's a bit of a bit of uh, well, no, not a bit of. There's quite a bit of buoyancy in Queensland racing. Do you feel that as well? Look, I, uh, it, it, there is at the moment. There's definitely at the moment. And I think the breeders and, uh, and the government and Queensland Racing are really starting to try and bolster the uh, racing in Australia, in Queensland. Because, uh, you know, we've got to kind of keep up with the other states a little bit. But uh, we're not as big and strong as what they are. But if we just keep going along at the nice pace we're going at the moment. Well, Queensland would still be a great place to race and and these cutest horses that's that's a big thing like you know you win a cutest race with affiliates worth 70 something thousand for two-year-old three-year-olds i mean that's a lot of money and uh you know it's just that nearly equals nearly equals what they get in sydney for an ordinary race so look we're very happy here with the way the system's going and it can only be onwards and upwards with the way these things are going here in queensland exactly right i think if we're presenting a good Good picture, which we are. This this is a good opportunity, an excellent opportunity to entice new people into the business. That's what we need all the time. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of owners there, but but you know, plenty more isn't going to isn't, isn't going to be a, a disadvantage. We need a lot of people to to come into the business, see what it's like to race horses, to enjoy racing horses and winning races, and we need to just keep going onwards and upwards with this. Oh, that's for sure. I and mean, the syndication is going to is the big thing now. I've got to start think about what I'm going to do. You know, I've sort of been a single-handed person for a long time. But uh, to keep going in this industry, I've got to start and change my ways and think about what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And the syndication is, is, is no doubt the way to go. Mm. But uh, to get other young people involved, and of course, then it becomes the media thing with uh, big syndicates and the expense of uh, having somebody extra there in your uh, stable to to do that, it brings all brings the dollar to its head. So look, it, it's it's what we're going to afford to do at this stage in Queensland. Um, it's been very it's been very difficult up until now, but it looks like it's onwards and upwards. You're never too old to change your ways, Rex. Remember that. 
I, look, don't worry about it. I have. I've been thinking about it for a while. Because <laughs> I've been, I've been going to get it retired, then I'd kick along and I'd get a fair horse and I'd have to kick along again. But, you were going to retire too. I remember that now. Yeah, well, I was going to retire when Tino retired, but then a couple of others came along and now I've got uh, Tycoon Evie and this little horse and uh, Gemma Scotland. She ran a, I was very pleased with her run. So, you know, when you've got some handy little horses and. She's pulled up okay, Gemma of Scotland? Yeah, she's fine. She's fine. Yes, yeah, she, she had a torrid run. So, first, second run back from 12 months. And, you know, and I've got a couple of nice two year olds coming along. So, look, it's, how can I walk away from the game? When you've got good people like Trevor and Di Fraser, you, you don't want to get out of the game. They're, they're, they're great owners as well, aren't they? They are fantastic. They're a trainer's dream. They're a trainer's dream. Honestly, I've been training for Trevor what, nearly on 30 years, and we've never had a crossword. And uh, we sit down and talk about things over the phone. We will communicate. Even if he hasn't got anything in work, we always talk at least once a week about about the things and how his horses are in the paddock and the broodmares and yearlings and that sort of thing. So uh, it, we had, if a trainer had owners like them, no, no, no worries at all. But, uh, you know, there is uh, the onwards and upwards with those sort of people because they've got always be nice horses and uh I think Trevor's got a couple of nice two-year-olds in, in the stable at the moment, so uh, it's onwards and upwards with, for them. Congratulations on yesterday, mate. Always good to talk to you. Thanks, David. Rick Slip joining us uh, with Simply Fly. Zingalong ran second, so was you got a bit of an opinion of? Yeah, up in trip, 1,200 metres for the first time. He was really, really tough late, and uh, also rolling with the flow, being by Love Conquers all. I think he's a, a real, real wet tracker as well. So but interesting, the the three, or the, the trifecta, they drew 12, 16 and 14. So I think that sums up the, the way, or where you wanted to be on the track come that point in the afternoon. I think it's fair to say without taking anything away from the day, it's a day where the form has to be just isolated because you, know, you either handled it or you didn't. And it was um, you know, a, a day we'll look back at it to say, well, you know, it was a very heavy track. Exactly. There's a lot of forgivable performances. I thought both uh, Miami Flies and Kizakana in particular, they jumped equal favourites. Miami Flies, she was good, just knocked up that last 150 metres and Kizakano just trapped down on the inside. So another f- uh, couple of forgive runs mm. there. Don't know what to make of Kizakano despite being on probably the, the worst part of the track. Let's have a listen to two more replays before we round it out on Past the Post and we'll go now to the Military Rose play presented by the Tab for the Phillies and Mares. In the straight, Jade and Tom, the favourite, took a clear lead. Beat off Stoked at 05 Glory. Love You Lucy still making ground. Outback Barbie down the outside. Jim of Scotland not in it. Jade and Tom still bobbing with a clear lead. Outback Barbie the only danger. 100 left to run. Jade and Tom in front. Outback Barbie cutting down the margin. Jade and Tom hanging on. Jade and Tom won the military rose. Beat Outback Barbie. Four away third, Euro Bell. Then 05 Glory, Jim of Scotland. Followed by at the head of the others, Shivago then love you Lucy and Stoke last home in 113.57 well Lindsay Hatch has done an outstanding job with this mare considering she's rising eight now you don't see too many eight year old or seven year old mares racing on the metropolitan front and in dashing form her record and hasn't she been beautifully managed Jared she's had 30 starts for 13 wins she's by Rothsay very good first up uh, a gun record first up six from eight now and and handles the heavy going. She's just a winner. She just seems to be getting better, better and better. She won the Wheatwood first up last prep, 
uh, you know, she won again at her next start and, and then ran third behind Needorp in the uh, uh, a listed mares race. So uh, she just keeps just keeps winning and just keeps getting better. The, the Quinella looked the the two the two best mares ran away from the field and and out back Barbie she chased hard just had to make up a little bit too much ground and. I thought on face value, Gem of Scotland may be a little disappointing, but hearing Rex Lips say that he was happy with her run, I think we give her another go. Why didn't you tell that to Rex when he was on the line? Uh, Shall we rig him back and you can tell him? <laughs> you can tell him. No, no, I'll leave that. One of my old tricks. You wait till they've gone and say, I didn't like the run at all. Let's <laughs> that was a new addition to the, the meeting too, that military rose plate, a, a welcome addition. Let's go to another feature race. This was at listed level, actually, the Australian Turf Club Trophy. And uh, the bookies gambled with the two favourites, socialising in the candy man. They bet around them, and they didn't miss the winner either. At the turn, 400 left to run. Australian Turf Club trophy. Junction turned in front. McEwen given full bore and socialising. Cruising up to them on the outside. Take T's getting another go on coming through to the inside. Then Flash R, the candy man. He's struggling today. Then came top prospect. But socialising ran to a clear lead. Junction can do no more. Flash R, top prospect. McEwen were next. Socialising all out. Look at Flash R. Flash R through at the centre. And big odds, mind you. Goodness gracious. Flasher beat top prospect and socialising. Then the candy man, Victory 8 McEwen, Junction and Take T last in 128.36. Have I got the right one? I have. Flasher, 31 bucks. Yes. Part owner Dave Silver, where was the text, mate? Where was the text to tell me about Flasher? 71 to 31. You've cleaned up. And uh, Maddie Wishard riding a horse that buck jumped at his last start at Doombin, had to go back to the trials. And, uh, yeah, $71 to $31. Someone's got some money. Well, it's not me. <laughs> paid for a holiday, maybe. Yeah, the two starts on heavy, obviously, last start, lost the rider after bunk jumping, as you just said. But was a winner on a heavy track, so maybe we just put that down to um, to him really loving that wet track. Uh, we, we mentioned socialising earlier on, just that little bit vulnerable late at 1,400 metres on that very wet track. And the Candyman with the big weight, I thought he closed off well enough for, to run fourth. Mm. So taken one the first, well back, say hey, appreciated the wet one the second. Race course road, well backed in the third, one first up over the thousand metres. Disillusion won the Gold Coast Stakes, led all of the way. They fought off every fought off every challenge. And of course the last race won by a cargo coming right down the outside for trainer Brian Crowley and rider Andrew Spinks. That was the Gold Coast, and as we said, the sales coming up over the next few days. We've not only run out of time, we've run past time. We're, we're, we're past the time post as well. Producer Dale probably hasn't set the... He's set it up so that we've gone over time. But anyway, he'll be right for press room tomorrow. I'm sure he'll get everything right tomorrow. He's hiding now. Jared, thanks for your time. Thanks very much, David. We'll talk tomorrow on, uh, on Black Bookers. You have a good day and uh, we'll hear you, yes, on Black Bookers and, of course, Bundaberg Greyhounds tomorrow. Folks, thanks for your company on Past the Post and I look forward to your company again next Sunday.